Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets and with a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to achieve this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color Podcast to collate and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This is episode number 44, and this week we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the eighth week of 2023, and that is from Monday the 20th to Friday the 24th of February. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. Tempest Fugit. Time flies. It's now been one year since Russia invaded Ukraine on the 24th of February 2022. And what was initially expected to be a quick annexation of eastern Ukraine has now turned into a prolonged war with no end in sight and where thousands have died and millions have been displaced. As the war enters its second year, Russia is expected to launch a large-scale offensive, but Ukraine is expected to remain resilient as it continues to receive support from its Western allies. And back in the United States, the minutes of the latest Federal Reserve policy meeting were released on Wednesday and showed that whilst officials acknowledged that inflation may be cooling off, there was still a room for more interest rate hikes. The minutes stated that inflation remained well above the Fed's 2% target level and that the labor market remained very tight and was contributing to the upward pressures on wages and prices. The Fed funds rate is currently within a target range of between 4.5% and 4.75%. Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve's preferred measure of inflation came in hotter than expected in the month of January, indicating that the central bank still has more work to do in order to bring down inflation. The Commerce Department reported on Friday that the core personal consumption expenditures price index, which excludes food and energy prices, increased by 0.6% for the month, and was up 4.7% on an annual basis. This was an increase from December when inflation was reported at 0.4% for the month 
and 4.6% for the year. In the meantime, headline inflation, which includes volatile food and energy prices, also increased 0.6% for the month and 5.4% for the year. These inflation numbers imply that the Federal Reserve will continue raising interest rates despite rising concerns about an upcoming global recession. After the hotter-than-expected inflation data, U.S. stocks declined sharply on Friday, wrapping up their worst week of 2023. Earlier in the trading session, the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell by about 510 points before recouping some of its losses to close the day at 32,816, but was still down by 337 points. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 dropped 1% to close at 3,970, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite slid 1.7% to end the session at 11,394. This past week was negative for stocks as all the major averages recorded their largest weekly losses so far this year, with the Dow falling almost 3%, whilst the S&P 500 was down 2.7%, and the Nasdaq declined by 3.3%. Meanwhile, the yields on U.S. Treasury bonds rose on Friday as investors contemplated the pace of future rate hikes against a backdrop of rising inflation, which was confirmed by the latest inflation report. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond rose 6.8 basis points to 3.94%, whilst the yield on the policy-sensitive 2-year Treasury note increased by 12 basis points to 4.81%. And at the far end of the yield curve, the rate on the 30-year Treasury bond climbed 6 basis points to 3.93%. Please note that Treasury bond yields move inversely to bond prices and therefore as yields rise, bond prices are falling, which means that bond portfolios are losing value in this environment. In the commodity markets, on the anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the price of Brent crude was trading 15% lower compared to last year when Brent hit a 14-year high of $128 a barrel. However, for the week, the price of crude oil remained broadly flat as it received support from the prospect of Russian production oil cuts, but on the other hand was pressured by rising inventories in the United States. The price of Brent crude was up 1.2% and settled at $83.16 a barrel, while the U.S. benchmark, that is West Texas Intermediate, rose 1.2% to close at $76.32 a barrel. Meanwhile, the price of Marban oil, which Kenya imports, decreased to $82.73 a barrel from $84.7 the previous week. In the gold market, the hotter-than-expected U.S. inflation report caused the price of gold to cool down as it dropped to its lowest level in the past eight weeks. Gold prices were pushed lower by a stronger U.S. dollar and rising bond yields as the market braces for more rate hikes by the U.S. Federal Reserve. 
Rising interest rates tend to reduce the appeal for gold as it increases the opportunity cost for holding the non-yielding asset. In short, rising yields are to gold what kryptonite is to Superman. Love that quip. The price of gold was last down 0.6% to trade at $1,811 per ounce. And on that note, we now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. And as is the norm, we start off by looking at exchange rates. This week, we saw the Kenya shilling continue its gradual descent against the major international currencies, but held its ground versus the regional currencies. Against the U.S. dollar, the Kenya shilling was trading at 1267 compared to 125.52 the previous week. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was valued at 152.60, whilst the euro was pegged at 134.29. And on the regional front, one Kenyan shilling was changing hands for 29.38 Ugandan shillings and 18.52 Tanzanian shillings, and to the Rwandese franc, it was priced at 8. On foreign exchange reserves, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves were barely adequate at $6.86 billion, which is equivalent to just 3.84 months of import cover, and this is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have now dropped to their lowest level in 10 years, and this is on the back of increased foreign debt repayments, as well as the country's inability to access the international financial markets due to the high cost of U.S. dollar debt. In the money markets, the level of liquidity in the interbank market decreased significantly compared to the previous week as tax remittances exceeded and more than offset government payments. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 15.4 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate recorded at 6.47% compared to 6.22% recorded the previous week. During the week, the average value traded increased to 24.1 billion shillings from 20.3 billion shillings recorded the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 23rd of February, and the central bank received bids totaling 19.4 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 81%. Interest rates increased marginally but remained stable as the 91-day rate ticked up by 3.2 basis points to 9.65%, while the 182-day rate inched up by 3.8 basis points to 10.11%, and the 364-day rate crept up by 3.8 basis points to settle at 10.67%. For your information, 100 basis points is equivalent to 1 percentage point. 
And in the primary bond market, this is a reminder that the Central Bank of Kenya has invited bids for a 17-year amortized infrastructure bond. The issue number is IFB1-2023-17. stroke stroke And the Central Bank is looking to raise 50 billion shillings for the stated purpose of funding infrastructure projects. This bond is now open for sale until the 7th of March 2023. And as is the norm with infrastructure bonds, the interest earned on this bond will be tax exempt as provided for under the Income Tax Act. This is an amortized bond, which means that a portion of the principal, in this case 50%, will be redeemed before maturity. Details of the redemption structure are available in the prospectors for the bond. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market was on a downward trajectory with the NASI and NSE 25 both declining by 1.2%, while the NSE 20 declined by 1.5%. This takes the year-to-date performance to losses of 0.7% for the NASI and 1.2% for the NSE 20, while the NSE 25 recorded a gain of 0.4%. The market's performance was mainly driven by losses recorded by large-cap stocks such as Diamond Trust Bank, Bamburi, NCBA Group, and East African Breweries, which declined by 3.8%, 3.2%, 3.1%, and 2.5% respectively. These losses were however mitigated by gains recorded by other large cap stocks such as Standard Chartered Bank which increased by 1.1%. During the past week the turnover in equities declined by 39% to $6.4 million, and this takes the year-to-date turnover to about $96 million. Meanwhile, foreign investors remained net sellers with a net selling position of $1.9 million, and this takes their year-to-date net selling position to just shy of $26 million. And in the bond market, turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by 2.6% during the past week, whilst in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds were on an upward trajectory, mainly due to concerns about the country's ability to service its external debt obligations. The yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in 2024 recorded a gain of 20 basis points from 11.7% to 11.9%. Next up is the topical issue, and this week we are looking at Kenya's Eurobond repayment options. In June 2014, Kenya issued its debut Eurobond, where it raised $2.75 billion dollars. This bond was issued in two tranches. The first tranche was a 10-year bond for $2 billion that was issued at 6.78%. And the second tranche was a five-year note for $750 million issued at 5.87%. 
The five-year paper has since matured and was repaid using the proceeds of another eurobond that was issued in May 2019, which raised an additional $2.1 billion. Meanwhile, the 10-year bond matures in June 2024, and Kenya will then be expected to make a bullet repayment of $2 billion. When the eurobond was initially floated in 2014, the international debt market was awash with capital, and at the time, the interest rates offered were attractive to both foreign investors as well as emerging market countries that were looking for alternative funding options. However, the current situation in the financial markets has changed drastically as global inflation has pushed most major central banks to hike interest rates. This has resulted in higher interest rates, especially for the major currencies like the US dollar, which in turn has locked out most emerging market countries from the international debt markets. In particular focus is the U.S. Federal Reserve, which has raised its benchmark rate for the U.S. dollar from near zero to 4.75% over the past one year. Given the above scenario, the Treasury Department is in between a rock and a hard place as it weighs the options available on how best to manage the repayment of the eurobond so as to avoid the possibility of default which could plunge the country into an economic black hole. The first option available to the Treasury is to roll over the maturing note by issuing a fresh eurobond. However, as already mentioned, this option is currently not viable or sustainable due to the high interest rates prevailing in the markets. You may recall that just last year, Kenya cancelled the issuance of a 1 billion eurobond after the Treasury received bids priced at 12%. In July 2022, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds in the secondary market rose to a high of 22%. However, since then, the yields have declined significantly, but still remain elevated at between 10 to 12%. The second option available is a short-term bridging facility to help the government meet its upcoming debt obligations with the hope that the global financial markets will revert back to normalcy during that period. In this regard, the Kenyan Treasury will be well advised to consider a short-term syndicated facility with a duration of between two to three years which will buy the country some much-needed time and fiscal room to reduce and restructure its debt portfolio as they await for interest rates to subside before venturing back into the global financial markets. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please consider subscribing and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. 
And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri is spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fruitful week ahead. And remember, we do not see things the way they are. Rather, we see things the way we are. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.